Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey guys, welcome back to No Lions Here. I'm Big Panda and I'm a recovering sex addict. Uh, super excited to be back in the uh, the studio tonight, guys. It's been about a month. Uh, my producer shut things down. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um if I haven't mentioned it already, please go visit the website, nolionshere.com. Uh, um, that's where you're going to find all the episodes. We're going to have some forums on there, just a lot of really good resources and tools um, for anybody that's either in the program or thinking about getting into the program um, that is SAA. Um, and tonight, speaking of SAA and recovery, um, I've got my good friend here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a very special guest. This man was the first man to come on the podcast. Um, he's already been on it you know, a handful of other times. If you guys haven't listened to those episodes, please go check out those episodes. They're really good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Big Ticket. What's up, man? Let's go. I appreciate you having me back on. It's been too long. I was actually trying to think about... Uh, the last time I hopped on the podcast, it's got to be at least five months. Probably um, right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- I'm thinking February maybe of this year. So I'm, I'm, it, it goes without saying I'm super pumped to be back. I know you and I have been trying to make this work, um, for at least a month and we, we finally found a time and, um, just excited to see where conversation takes us. So appreciate you having me back on. Man, I just I appreciate you you coming back on. And yeah, there's definitely been some behind the scenes probably over the last couple months trying to kind of get get a date. We had a date and then you know, you know, life happens, which is totally understandable. Um and that's it's it kind of helps me when those things have happened to really kind of like be like, it's okay, man. Like it's okay. You know, life happens. I, sure. I get it. Um so that's been, you know, something that I can that I've been working on. Um, but yeah, just, I'm ex- real excited. I got to say it's a Monday night, which I'm normally not in the studio on Mondays. Um, and I actually have Saturday, Sunday, Mondays off. So, you know, when I got off work on Friday, I knew that this was Monday. So I had the, the weird, I can't wait till Monday, even though like I got to go home and yeah. go to bed and then go to work tomorrow, uh, which I don't want to do. But I was like, I can't wait till Monday comes around. Cause can't wait to get back in the studio. One, it's like I said, it's been, over a month since I've been in and and I got you on. So I'm I'm super excited to uh to dive in. We'll talk about what's going on with us. So um yeah. where 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 do you want to start? Oh man, good question. And and I that's a I think that's a great intro into just where things have been at lately. Maybe a little bit hectic on on both of our ends. Um I would agree. And I'll say I'll I I guess I'll start by saying, you know, I just I'm so excited for this too. And I can't just emphasize that enough because it's been so long since you and I have sat down and had a conversation like this. And that's, that's all it's going to be really. Um, I remember we, we talked on the phone a couple of weeks ago and we were just about to like catch up. Yep. And I think I mentioned, Hey man, let's, let's save this. <laughs> let's actually save this for the podcast because it's been a long time since we caught up. And I, um, I said a little, a little prayer before we hopped on and I just asked God, you know, for just transparency and vulnerability. And and ultimately I don't know, um, a whole lot about recovering from sex addiction. I'm still learning so much every day. And, um, you know, I just asked if my, if this conversation 
that's all it is, is a conversation between two people. If it can touch, you know, one person's ears, one person's heart that was in the place I was in a year, year and a half ago, that makes it so worth it. So I'm just super excited for that. Um, and hopefully that happens. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's always, that's always my goal. Um, and I know that I'm going to, I'll sit here and say that, you know, no matter where this conversation goes, this is going to help me. Um, and, and I already know Agreed. that because I know, you know, you and I have talked before and we've had some really great talks. Um, and so I know that even just, I know this conversation again, even if we don't get into, you know, even if we're not sitting here bawling at the end of it because of how vulnerable we were, we're still going to be vulnerable with each other. Um, we're going to get, we're going to get to update each other on each other's lives. Um, and then I think that it's going to help. It's going to be great for both of us actually. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit yeah. too, big Panda just on, cause there's so much that's changed in my life personally, since the last time I was on the podcast and, um, the bit, the biggest change by far is, um, and I can't remember what, what her name was, uh, her alias on the, the podcast last time, but we'll, um, we'll call her Megan. Uh, my, my girlfriend, which is now my ex-girlfriend, um, we happened to break up in March. So about four months ago, a little over four months ago, um, which has been really, really difficult for me, um, for a couple of reasons. And I'll give you, I'll give you some background. We, we'd been together for five years, Megan and I, and, um, met her freshman year of college and, you know, kind of a love at first sight type deal. And so had our ups and downs throughout college, college came to pass and so much of my acting out, um, she was the victim of, and we've talked about that before, but just, you know, serial cheating and seeking attention outside of my relationship, flirtation and messaging other women. Um, and so I put her through a lot. Um, but I, we, we got through so much together. And for me, getting into this program was such a big step, not only for me, I think, but for our relationship as a whole. And, uh, you know, ultimately, like I said, the breakup happened. Thank God it didn't have anything to do directly with me acting out. As in, like, there was no discovery made in March. There was no um, infidelity. It was just um, kind of a matter of, almost two people drifting apart a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she went to, she went to grad school, which she's going to be out on the East coast for the next year and a half still. So long distance was really difficult for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, just been going through a lot with that because, um, after college I moved I should say about a year and a half after college, I moved to the city where she was originally from and took a job, got a really good job, nice area, kind of thought this is kind of where it starts. And this is where our future begins. Um, and so now that that that's been taken away from me, like the little, little connections that I had in this area through her and her family kind of have been stripped away from me. Mm. 
because now I, now I don't have her. And so it's been just a really, I don't know, it's been a really volatile, like four months trying to kind of find my way on my own now in like a new place where I don't know a ton of people. Um, and the other thing, and, and we can get into this as well, um, now or later, but just like almost a new definition of like sexual sobriety for me now Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of chartering these waters of being single and being in the program. Um, so that's been different too. And it's definitely not, definitely not easier to stay sober when you're single. That that's my personal take because now it's like, okay, I'm really on my own doing this for me now. I'm not doing it for anyone else. Like I don't have a wife or a girlfriend to hold me accountable. Like it's really all on me. So I think that has been the most difficult part personally. Um, and I think specifically just with porn use, um, cause I've had probably four or five slips since March. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been with porn, um, like subscription type stuff, like only fans. And then the third thing, cause I was thinking about this, um, before we hopped on the podcast, these like, um, Snapchat, like premium subscription things, which are relatively new to me, like well within the past year. Um, but I would say like those three things have been the most difficult thing for me to navigate, like as a single man now. Um, so anyways, I kind of a, kind of just a word vomit, but like just an update on like, what's my life looked like the past four ish months is a lot different than when I was on here last time. So, yeah, man. And I can, I can obviously, you know, I, I'm single. Uh, I've been going at this single this whole time for what a year and a half now. And man, and, and I got to say like, it's that, that accountability, like I don't have that, you know, it's talked about in our groups, you know, a lot of guys are partnered and a lot of guys are like, oh yeah, I, I had an urge, but then I think about my wife, my kids, and my family, my yeah. family. And it's like, man, I don't, I don't have that. And, you know, and I need to stay away from the fantasy land of, well, oh, my, or the expectation of, well, my recovery would look a lot different if I had that. When it's like, well, that's not my, that's not, that's not my journey right now. My journey is to be single through some of this. And that's, that's really hard because when I act out, I don't have a spouse or partner that. I have that I'm afraid I'm going to lie to or damn it. Like I got to tell, you know, I still have to tell on myself to my sponsor and other guys in the, in the program. But you know, that's not as big as a shock as if I had a girlfriend that I got to tell, Oh, Hey, yeah, I looked at porn or Hey, I was chatting with, with this person, this person. And, and I acted out. Um, and so, man, yeah, I, I just totally, thanks for sharing that with me first off. And I can totally relate to kind of what you've been going through 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of total personal accountability at this point, because there's no one else like depending on my, it's, it's, there's people kind of in a weird roundabout way through the group, right? Like Mm -hmm. through SAA kind of depending on me and me depending on them, vice versa, kind of this, like the brotherhood. Um, but it's not that like, 
romantic emotional side of things where it's been such different like i don't e- i don't even really know how to explain it's just been such a different journey doing it for me and me only mm-hmm. um and i think there's been a lot of there's been a lot of ups and downs with it for sure yeah. um because yeah. it's easier to it's easier to play that game in your head where it's like well i'm not hurting anyone else you know i'm just like hurting myself mm-hmm. but why is that okay you know Oh yeah, man. I, uh, yeah, I can, I relate to this all too well, man. Like there's something about, you know, and for the longest time I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this alone. I'm doing this alone. And I've kind of changed my verbiage around that. Um, because while I'm not alone, you know, I have people, I have friends and brothers in the program. They're there for me, but it's like, I'm going at the single, not alone. I really try to change my verbiage up when I talk about that. Um, and then I'm, I'm single, I'm not alone, but I'm single, but that's still, that still, it still stings a little bit for me. Like I'm, I'm so ready to have that partnership and, you know, realizing that for me, loneliness is my biggest trigger, that feeling of alone, um, loneliness, I can to that. like that's my biggest trigger. And, you know, I know at the end of the day, I'm eventually going to find somebody. I know that, right? And I believe that. But also, too, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff right. You know, I'm trying to change my life around. Where is it? You know, I, I'm, I am still going through the grieving process with Patricia. Um, you know, I found out recently that she's dating somebody. And, man, that, that hurt. That hurt, like, really bad. That still really hurts. But that was, for me, kind of a spot of like, okay, like not that I've been sitting around waiting this whole time, but part of me has been, absolutely. I'll be honest about that. I need to be honest about that. Um, But when I heard that, one, that took me to a really dark place. Not right away. It took about a week. took about a week before things really just came out sideways for me. Um, But then it also kind of freed me, too, in a weird way. It was like, okay, you know, like she's made decisions. She's what's really hard. What I've recently come to realize is like, she's not the person that I used to know anymore. And also too, on the, on the other hand of that is I'm not the same person either. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, kind of the spots in life that we're at because you are probably like eight months ahead of me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for me, it's still relatively fresh being like four months out of this. Um, and I've, I've felt all of the same things that you're feeling just the wondering what if, you know, what, what if she's seeing someone else? What if, and I've just heard through the grapevine, very similarly to you that she's been going on dates and she's been seeing other people. And, um, that, that brought me to, um, kind of a dark spot too. Sure. And it actually came to a point where I reached out to her and just said, Hey, cause it was affecting me personally, even in just like my interactions with other people, specifically women. Um, you know, whether I was, 
talking to them or they were trying to talk to me going on a date, whatever. Like, it's like, I can't give myself to anyone because I'm still so hung up on Megan. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I reached out to her and basically said that and, you know, said something along, along the lines of, Hey, is it time for me to move on from this? Because the not knowing is going to be, or the, the not knowing is way worse than any answer that you can give me. Right. And she responded to that saying, you know, I think it is in your best interest to move on, blah, 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 blah. And so that was tough, really tough. But it also gave me that clarity of, I can't sit around and sit on my hands and wait around and wonder and wish and wait. And so it's not easy. Um, I still have hard days and days that are sad and I'm angry and frustrated, but I think there is some clarity starting to, to form there. And so that's been important for me. Um, but I, I almost wanted to bring it back to, um, because one of the things just as it relates to like the addiction, cause this is head trash that I've had with myself internally is like specifically as it relates to porn. And I think this could be helpful if there's anyone out there listening to that's like, maybe they're not younger like us. They could be older. They could be single, but as a single man, woman, like porn use, because what I've told myself, like excuses that I've made is kind of like what I said earlier is I'm not hurting anyone else. I'm just watching porn. I'm just getting off to porn. I'm horny. I want to go binge for an hour or two hours, whatever it might be. And so it's like, I've told myself and the rationalizations that I make when I do fall into that is like, this isn't that bad. What's wrong with porn? Um, and so I'm just curious, I guess, to hear like from your perspective, if you've struggled with that and then like, why is porn bad if you're a single person or, and I'm not saying maybe that's a really bad blanket statement or generalization, but I guess just in your opinion, yeah. You have um, thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, it's that that's funny you bring that up because recently I was kind of going through my circles with my sponsor. And, you know, porn has always been in my inner circle. Porn, masturbation, um, and I've got a couple apps that I use. Um, and he he challenged me. He was like, Okay, you know, that's good that these are there, but but I, what I want you to do is I want you to write why each one of those is in your inner circle. And I was mm. like, huh, okay, that's a really good idea. I don't know. I don't think I have them in this notebook. No, it's in another notebook. But, but essentially for porn, for me, I wrote was, if I can if I can recall it, it was, you know, it was that unrealistic view of sex. Um, unrealistic view of sex, it trained my brain to view women as objects. Um, it allowed me to go to that fantasy land that, you know, I love to go to when things are tough. If I see somebody um, that I am attracted to, you know, my, my brain will go to those places of, oh, well, you know, what do they look like naked or how do I, you know, how do I get seen by them or man, like, like the, the silly fantasies that you see in porn, like I order a pizza 
and this hot girl's gonna show up delivering my pizza and she's gonna wanna she's gonna wanna have sex with me. And she's gonna yeah. come straight inside and I'm gonna tip her. Like yeah. you know, like and it's like, well, hold on, like man. The whole, like, I don't, I don't have money to pay for the pizza. Is there anything else I can do? Ex- yeah. Exactly. Like those kind yeah. when those, those don't happen. They may happen. They, I'm sure they have. Probably but not. Probably they're they're not, not going to yeah. happen for me. So why do I don't need to be putting expectations on, or, you know, I see somebody at work and they're just, they're, oh, they're going to fall in love with me and they're going to want to go out and they're going to want to go play around in the car. You know, whenever, um, whenever on our lunch break or something like that, and yeah. it's like, yeah, all right, I'll, uh, all right, Panda. If that happened, you know, you you would. There's a good chance you would get fired. Like, so for me, it was kind of just the opening that door of that. This is not the realistic view of what sex is. One first and foremost, like. I don't want to be treating the people that I'm having sex with the way that some of these women are getting treated in porn. Um, and that kind of what sets that like that sets an ex porn sets an expectation for me that is not realistic and in a relationship that I want to have. Mm. And that was actually, yeah. Also for me, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to cut you off there. Um, for me, porn, and I've I've never shared this on the podcast before. Um, when I look at porn, I look at trans porn, and for me, that's a that's that carries a lot of shame. That carries a lot of shame, and that's kind of where I go when I look at porn. I don't. It's been a long time. I mean, I have looked at you know the normal male female porn, but for me, it's 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 trans women. That, uh, that actually just helped me a lot. I will, I just want to say that because it brought more clarity actually to me. Um, because even though like I've had conversations with like my sponsor, even about this and it's, it's so hard for me to put my finger on it the way that you just did. And it's always been just this porn's bad and that's it. Um, but everything that you just said is so relatable to the things that I've gone through watching porn as far as like expectations. And this is how it's supposed to look like, and this is what I'm supposed to do. And she's supposed to do. And I think you're just setting yourself up for failure. Um, and, and I I'll add one other thing too. And it was before you, before you just said that, um, cause I just want to say like, amen to everything that you just said. The one thing that I was thinking about was, I always thought when I was in a relationship, porn was bad because it was like looking at other women and it was almost like a way of taking that kind of romantic, emotional connection away from my partner. And now that I was single, it's like, well, I don't have that. So I'm not taking anything away from some, someone else. But I thought about just the habit that porn is and like literally the drug, like it just gives you that dopamine rush and dopamine's a drug. And Mm -hmm. we all know that when we're watching porn, typically we're have just this rush of dopamine and it's really hard to break that cycle and that habit. So for me, it was like, do I want to get into the habit of watching porn as a single person and then get into another relationship in six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever it might be. And just think that I can break that habit again. 
like that's just completely irrational. So I, that's, that's another kind of reason why I don't even want to go down that road. Um, but thank you for everything you just shared too. Cause I'm going to, I'm definitely going to write some of that stuff down just so I can like, remember it for myself and look back at it and be like, okay, remember, remember this is how it makes you feel. And this is why it's bad. Um, yeah. So that no. was, that was so good. Yeah. And you know, for the longest time, so like my ex, you know, she viewed porn as cheating and I thought that was mm. ridiculous. Um, mm. until I got in the program and really, I kind of understood it. Um, you know, I was getting off to somebody that wasn't her. Um, and, and for the longest time in my recovery, you know, and this also kind of happened to me a few months back was like, I realized that when I got out of treatment, I had a really solid foundation, but on top of that foundation, I was trying to build a house that she approved of. And that she would want to live in and move into with me. I wanted her to stand on the street and look and see what I had and be like, you know what? I want that. And, and it, so it, it was for her. And I, and I remember one time I, I looked at porn and I just, I felt so shameful it, more than the normal shame. And I'm like, why, why do I feel so bad right now about this? Because, you know, porn, it's not the worst behavior in my inner circle. It's kind of like the nosebleeds. If we're in, if my, if my inner circle is an arena, you know, my porn is the nosebleeds. I'm still in the arena and it also, for me, it leads to more, right? That this disease is progressive. Um, you know, I'm sitting up in the nosebleeds looking down going, okay, well, I'm already here. There's two seats that have been open for the first two periods on the front row. Why not move down there? Um, but also like such I, a good analogy. Like, I love when you use that analogy. I it's dude it's sports. <laughs> yeah. It makes it makes sense in my primitive brain. So <laughs> um sports, man. That's I'm a simple guy. Sports. Um yeah. But I remember this after this one particular time, again, it was super shameful. And I was like, well, why do I why do I feel this so much shame? And it was like, it kind of hit me, like, oh, because she didn't approve of porn. So therefore, even though I've been single for a year and a half, every time I would look at porn, there was a guilt and a shame about that surrounding her. That it was almost like I thought that she got some facts that was like, oh, Panna just looked at porn. And she knew it and she would disapprove of that um, and would look down disgusted on me for that. Um, and that's when, and you know, that's when I kind of realized, okay, I'm building the wrong house here. I need to build the house for me and not her. So what does that house look like? And is porn part of that house? And for me, the answer to that is no. Porn is not. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be. A, I don't want that to be involved in my life. Yeah. Amen. I. I couldn't agree more. And it's 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 tough though, man. Like because you know, porn is porn is so easily be accessible. It's. You know, I, I've found that when I've been on the dating apps, I haven't been on the dating apps and been over a month but i would find that like the dating apps would lead me so middle circle for me middle circle behavior for sure dating apps and those would lead me i wouldn't get much attention on there i don't do real well on dating apps um and then that would frustrate me to the point of like i'm using this for attention i'm not getting the attention that i want 
So therefore, I know where I can go where I'm going to get that attention. Porn's never told me no. I can literally look up anything mm-hmm. that I want to. Um, and it was like, uh, okay, okay. like, And then that leads to, well, then, and then I look at porn. Well, then porn gets to a point where porn's not enough. I need more. I need more of a hit. I need more of a hunt. Let's go deeper. Let's mm-hmm. move down and let's let's sit at those glass seats. And let's experience everything along the way. I'm glad you brought that up because that's crossed my mind now that I'm obviously single. It's like, oh, well, what do people, you know, in a younger demographic do to meet people? They go on dating apps. And I can honestly say I've never downloaded a dating app. And I think there's probably some good things, right, that come out of dating apps. You know, people meet and they fall in love and they get married. That's obviously maybe the point of some of them. Um, But I kind of made a promise to myself where it's like, I'm just not going to download any dating app, even if I'm quote unquote using it for the right reason Mm -hmm. to meet someone in the right way, because I just know my addict brain. It's the same chase. And the same rush that I'm, you know, after as going down that rabbit hole of porn or trying to, you know, almost like be cunning to a woman to like manipulate her into like thinking, you know, um, I can just see that taking on a life of its own. And I don't want to, I don't want to touch that. And so haven't done it since, you know. I've, I've been broken up and I don't plan on doing it. Um, and I just, I feel like talking to people like you and listening to your stories, give me the foresight because I don't have the experience with them. And I know that we're wired the same way Mm -hmm. we're addicts Mm -hmm. and our addict brains are always chasing that rush and that high. And I know that it's, it's just going to lead to, probably some unintended consequences. So, um, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because I was just thinking about that. I think it got brought up last weekend, hanging out with a group of guys. And it was like, have you ever been on like Tinder or Bumble or whatever, whatever the app was? And I was just like, no. And, and the conversation kind of died out, but it got me thinking about those apps and why I don't want to download them knowing what I know, obviously they just thought it was kind of surface level conversation. Um, but I think those are like the important things like as sex addicts to like, don't even like, don't even take a bite of the apple because I know that, that, that slope is very slippery. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a tough place to be. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I've, I've talked to some friends, you know, who aren't addicts um, and, you know, they're they're like, you need to you need to you need to get out there. You need to get out there. Um, and I'm like, hold on. Like, it's not that simple for me being a sex addict. It's not as simple as just putting myself out there on the dating app or and, and being able to do it and navigate it in a healthy way because while my intentions like you said my intentions are healthy and pure dude i start swiping and it just becomes compulsion compulsive swipe swipe yeah. swipe 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 and then it gets to the point where i'll spend money on it 
I'm, mm. I'm spending money on the, the the premium packages on Tinder, and and then that gets me nowhere. And it's just there's this whole big snowball effect of what's that then just this turmoil inside me just bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, and then it eventually just comes out sideways, or it gets to a point where like you know I'm liking people that are having their bio that I'm I'm liking people that. I don't necessarily, they don't fit my type, but because they say in their profile, I'm down for whatever. Oh, okay. I am too. You know, my addict is down for whatever too. So even though you don't look what I normally go after, which I kind of struggle with, I struggle with the type of female that I like because I feel bad about that. Um, But I'm like, I don't care what you look like. You're down for fun. So am I. So yeah. let's at least have a conversation. Um, and I've had a couple of those instances pop up where, or, you know, in my mind, in talking to somebody new, I will, I want to turn the conversation sexual. Like at any yep. chance that I get, I want to do that. And that's not healthy for me either. Um, I don't know. It's, man, it's, it's tough. It's like, it's, because this is on the yeah. outside, these things are what normal people do. Mm-hmm. But given my yeah, and history, go, and, and, yeah, and and going off that, not to completely cut you off, um, but I think, and I'll speak personally, and and you can, and I don't want to generalize because as a sex addict, everyone's different, and yep. everyone kind of has a little different thing that they struggle with. Um, everyone has a little bit different background, but I think there's a lot of commonalities between all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't want to overgeneralize here, but I think there's a little piece of everyone that is a sex addict that's searching for that acceptance, Mm -hmm. some sort of void and like emotional acceptance. So maybe that's going to porn. Maybe that's going to hookers or maybe that's going, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so in the same vein of like the dating app conversation, that's all you're doing on there is like trying to fill that void of love and acceptance Yep. and like please other people and meet their expectations. And so I I don't know, I, it, it probably can be used in a healthy way, but I just know for me personally, I don't want to try to fill that void with like other people's love and acceptance. Cause I've tried that before or just like pleasing other people. Cause I think that's what I've tried to do in the past is like, how can I make this girl feel like she means something to me? Mm-hmm. How can I please her to make her feel like she's wanted by me? Even though in the back of my mind, it's just sexual. Yep. Like it's just to fulfill some like, sexual desire or need that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but. Oh yeah, man. I mean, that's, I, I, I would do whatever I could to make you think that I care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you would want to care about me, but then I really didn't, but I wanted to have that control over you. And I was the one that dictated what happened in whatever we were doing. Like if I felt like I wasn't in control of that situation and I use that, I use, you know, that manipulation as control, you know, not 
not when I say manipulation, I'm not, you know, I wasn't mean or threatening or, or anything like that. But again, you know, I'd come across as this super caring guy when all I really wanted from you was sex. But I wanted you to also want to be in a relationship with me. And so then that way it was up to me, not up to you if if things went any further. I wanted to be the final yeah. say in that. And it was just all this, you know, this external validation that I'm constantly craving and, and wanting. And that's what, that's how I was raised. External validation, external validation. We used, I've used all these things around me outside of myself to tell me that I'm okay. And dating apps and dating, and that was all a part of it too. Mm. Because what's more validating for a sex addict than a female validation? Yeah, that's female like saying yes to you. That's oh, that is the that's the height the right there. Light. But yet, yeah. still, is that enough? Yeah, yeah. There's there's just so much more to it, and I'm actually kind of glad that that our conversation took us down this avenue because these are just things like like personally, I've been just internalizing. Um, and I don't get to have this conversation with many people, if any. Um, and one of the things that I've like been telling myself is just like, keep, keep your standards high. And that might sound like, I don't know if it sounds like conceited or arrogant, but there is a standard that you and I both have of what we want, like love to look like mm -hmm. and what we want our future partnership to look like with someone that we care deeply about. And so that's been a struggle for me because to your point, one of my biggest triggers is like loneliness and like emotional validation and like comfort. And like, I, I like, I love people. Um, I like being around people. I like connection and I like having someone romantically too, because what deeper connection can you have with someone than being you know, in a partnership. So it's been a, that's been difficult to navigate as well because it's so easy to like lower those standards just uh -huh. to like have someone, you know? Yep. Um, so I guess maybe part of me saying that is just to like verbalize to you and like actually like spew it out of my system that like, I'm not going to do that. My intentions are not to do that because I, don't want to lower my standards and run that rat race with someone that I'm just trying to like get to like me or yep. have sex with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sure, you know, over the past year and a half, you've dealt with that and been on that journey too. Oh yeah. One, oh, I mean, 100% like, and I even knew that before getting into the program, I noticed that there was a difference between the girls that I was actually dating and the girls that I was acting out with. Like seeking out for, yep. Yes. Like, yep. again, it didn't matter. I didn't have to be all that attracted to you in order to sleep with you. Um, because if you were going to give it to me, who was I to say no? You know? Um, but then the girls that I was dating were normally not, not people that I was acting out with. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I really struggle with... You know, you, you kind of hit it, you kind of mentioned it there that, that standard and I feel bad, um, because I feel like I personally don't fit the standard that I go for 
as far as like my looks go. Um, and that's, I, I feel like an asshole, frankly. I, I feel like an asshole for the type that I have, the type of female that I, that I typically could go after as far as relationship wise. And like, I've always felt like an asshole for that. And, you know, I can't help what I like, but you know, I, I should probably talk about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's so much that goes into it and there's so much, at least for me that I just internalize and just thank you because having a conversation like this gets so much off my chest. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say on that note. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that helps. Um, where are you as far as, you know, wanting to get back out there, wanting to date again, you know, where, where do you sit? I, I know that, you know, for, for myself, um, you know, I've only had a couple, you know, serious relationships and every single one of them, as soon as they ended, I was back on the horse. I was back on the horse. I never took the time to grieve. Um, I didn't even know that that was part of the process um, as far as getting out of a relationship goes. And and so that's been really hard because this is the first time that I've ever been like, I really don't know if I should be dating right now. And I go back and forth with that, man. I, I go back and forth with that because it has been a year and a half. And I've been, this is the longest that I've been like consciously single and made that decision to I think I should be single because every time I try, every time I get the dating apps or I try, you know, putting myself out there, man, it just leads to me acting out. Um, and so now I'm to the point where I'm kind of like seeing the writing on the wall and like really just trying to give that up to God and be like, God, this is on you, not me right now. Um, and that I really need to work on myself before I can really be 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 what I want to be for somebody else but also too like just doing this for that long single it's like dude it's it's draining man it's draining I don't like yeah. it um but and I and I'm kind of pissed that being single is part of my journey like I'm kind of pissed at it I'm kind of pissed mm-hmm. I've wrestled with that a lot um however I do think that it is that. for the best for me right now right for me right now I think that it is the best for me, but I wasn't sure, you know, what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? What are, what, what's, what's going on with, you know, big ticket and, and yeah, obviously, you know, I, we all want to have a partner. We all want that. We all want that. Um, is that something that's at the top of your priority list right now? It's actually such a good question. Um, because I've wrestled with it. Like when is, when is the time Mm -hmm. to to put myself back out there? And I Mm -hmm. think we like kind of put ourselves in these boxes of like, it's gotta be six months after, or it's gotta be like eight months after. And I think that's kind of like bullshit because why, what's the meaning behind like waiting six months or eight months or 10 months? Like they're just ambiguous numbers that like, I think I throw out there to be like, okay, now is the time. So I don't, I don't have, I think for me, it's just like when I feel secure enough in myself and like stable enough in myself where like my past relationship isn't having any bearing or effect 
on the person that I'm choosing a new relationship with, because that's not, that wouldn't be fair to me. Right. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be fair to her specifically. Um, and I don't know when that time's going to be, I know it's, it's not now because I'm still affected by my previous relationship. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because yeah, it's awesome to have someone It's awesome to have a support system and someone who loves you and cares about you and fulfills your emotional needs and connections. So yes, I would, I would love that. Um, but I'm not ready for that yet. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to like having a standard for myself personally. And I think that's one of the standards is like, don't get involved in something if you're not emotionally ready for Mm -hmm. it yourself. If the past is still hindering or affecting, you know, a new partnership or relationship with someone else, it's probably not right. Um, but then the other thing too, is life happens Yep. and like somewhat like people come into your life at unexpected times. And so like, I'm open to that. I am open to that. Um, I'm definitely not ready to be like, Hey, let's settle down and like have a serious relationship. But if something comes and it's, and it's easy and I'm not saying in the sense that like, she's easy sure. or, yeah. you know, but it just flows. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would say I'm, I'm definitely open to that. And I, yeah, I, I'm excited for the day. I'm looking forward to the day where I can honestly and fully say like, I'm, I'm over that. I've moved past it. It was a chapter in my life that was really difficult and I've moved on. I'm just not there yet. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know when that day will be, but kind of another thing that I've just been going through, I guess the last number of months, um, I guess, how would, how would you answer that question? If like, could you, could you get into a relationship with someone and honestly say like, I've come to the point myself personally, where like I've healed from my last relationship and the past enough to like be fully present with you and give you everything. Yeah. That's, um, um, first off, I want to, I just want to applaud your awareness in in that answer that you just gave me right there. Um, I can't say that I had that kind of awareness. Um, you know, when I was four months out, um, after the breakup, that's that, that awareness is huge. Um, and and I'm really glad to hear you saying that because I feel like a lot of people, you know, again, that's that relationship is that external validation that a lot of people seek. And if I'm out of if I'm out of one relationship, oh, I'm God, I I, I need to quickly jump into something else to make myself feel good again. Um, and so I just so yeah, man, mm-hmm. I just I just applaud your awareness there and you know your willingness to be like not right now. Um, because that's huge. And I think that that willingness for us is huge. Um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I look for these, you know, I want a neon sign that, that lights up when I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. (laughs) And and man, I, I want neon signs for literally everything I do. I want to get out of bed in the morning and 
ask God, what do I need to eat this morning? And a neon sign goes off with what I want, yeah. what he wants me to eat, you know, and, and, and I don't have those. Um, but I'm still, you know, where I'm at now with a breakup, I'm in a much better place. Um, do I feel like I'm ready? Some part of me does. Part of me does. Um, however, also part of me is like, no, man, give it some more time. And and I'm like you, you know, I think you brought up, you touched on this. You were like, you know, the numbers that we throw at these things. Well, I need to be single for six months, for 10 months, you know. I have steered clear of putting numbers on those things because to me, those are those are deadlines. Those are finish lines. And that when I say, okay, hey, I'm going to be single for six months because I remember – when I got into recovery, they said, when you get into recovery and you're single, you need to give it about a year before you even really think about getting into another relationship. Okay, well, in my mind, my mind said, okay, well, we're going to put a flag in that one-year mark, and that's mm-hmm. our finish line. And that as soon as we hit that one year, something miraculous gonna go is going to happen, yeah. and we're going to go nuts. Um, so if I put a date on that, that's what my mind does. Um and I, you know, I'm like you said, you know, things happen in life. People come into our lives. Um, I'm open to it. However, at the same time, like, I don't know if I can fully give myself to somebody right now because I am still, I still do have a lot of strong feelings towards Patricia. You know, they're not as, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here. I'd, I mean, if she, if she called me tomorrow and was like, Hey, I'm, been thinking a lot about you. I, I'm thinking about getting back together. Let's sit down. I'm like, okay, I'm, time and place, and I'll be there. Um, and I feel like having those kinds of feelings is not fair to put on somebody else. You know, kind of like you said, it's not fair for me to put. It's not. It's not fair to the other person. Um, yeah. And also, too, like I don't know what to do to go out and meet people, like. I don't, I don't want to get into I can't see myself getting into a serious relationship with a girl that I meet at the bar. And I don't go to bars. Like, I really don't. I don't do anything to meet people. Um, and that's kind of something that I've struggled with a little bit. Um, but also, too, what I'm really trying to do, though, man, is I'm just trying to surrender it to God, honestly. like, yeah. And give it up to him and say, God, when it's time, uh, you'll bring that person into my life. Um. You'll bring that person into my life, and and when 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 it's ready, when it's your time, that's when it's time. And I don't like that answer. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I want to do everything that I possibly can to make that happen tomorrow. Um, but I also know that if I was to meet my dream girl tomorrow, that wouldn't fix the problems that I that I have. That wouldn't fix me. Hundred percent. And I, and I, and I, and I put a lot of weight on that. You know, I've always said I've in my mind, it's like, well, if Patricia would just bring me back, then, you know, things would be, that would validate that I'm a good person and that I'm, I'm doing all the right work and all the right things. But yet that wouldn't fix the problems that I have today. And, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Cause I know that I'm eventually going to be, I'm, I am okay, and I know that I am going to be okay. Mm. There's, there's two things that, one, I just, I cannot stress this enough, especially in my life, is the fine line between 
wanting validation from another woman and actually like caring about her on like a very personal level. And so as I go through this new time in my life of being single, I have to ask that question to myself of if I'm reaching out to someone, is this just to make me feel better and validate me if she says yes? Or do I actually like, am I actually interested in this person? And I think that has been such a fine line because of that craving for, oh my God, she said yes to me. Oh, she thinks I'm cute. She blah, blah, blah. You know, you fill in the blank, the validation side of it to build myself up. Or am I doing this because I truly care and I'm interested in someone? So that's been difficult. And then the other thing too is I bring this up because I was talking to my sponsor about it maybe a week ago. I, for my entire life, have been a very goal-oriented person. And whether it's been in my personal life or... On a lesser extent, school, I wasn't the most studious person, but um, my athletic life, like I've always set goals for myself and goals are always in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always been looking towards the future to attain those things and working towards them. And the program kind of tells you the exact opposite is like one day at a time, live for today. Like these 24 hours in front of your face are the only thing is the only thing that matters. And I was talking about that with him. And uh, I think I've been doing a much better job maybe the last six to eight months, maybe even a year. I would say a lot changed for me since I, you know, when I got into the program and like kind of flipped that thinking around. But now it's even more important because all the plans that I thought I did have in the future are like, it's like as clear as mud. And so, I have to remind myself of that too. Like, Hey, be where your feet are, like be grateful for today and the present moment and gratitude, gratitude, gratitude is such a beautiful thing, but it's so hard to get away from that and get into like your, this red box of like, people are out to get me and my life sucks. And I hate being a sex addict and this is hard. And there's so much to be said about really literally one day at a time, focus on today. I think it's still, I said this to him too, when I was having a conversation with him is I think it's still okay for me to set goals. It's okay to be a goal oriented person. I don't think that I can stop myself from doing that, but I think that kind of the flip or the switch in thinking is like, setting those goals or having some sort of vision, but like also accepting that it's okay if it doesn't turn out that way, because we both know that, uh, life, life happens, life changes. I'm a believer that I'm really not the only author in my story of life. And, you know, my higher power, God just has other plans for me sometimes. And I can't always see it. Don't always see it get pissed off when it doesn't go my way, but just coming to accept the fact that like, if things don't turn out the way that you thought they were going to turn out in, in a year, that's okay. And life goes on and there's going to be something good that comes out of it. So yeah, man, just like 
being present. It's such a gift. Yeah, it's man, I've struggled with that so much. That one day at a time, sometimes I'll take that too literal. Like mm. I will like I like to I like to make plans for the weekend, right? Like and I'll also, I'll sometimes start making plans on Tuesday. You know, reaching out to certain people, "Hey, what do you got going on? What do you want to you want to go fishing? You want to do this? You want to do that?" And <laughs> I was like, because, you know, a lot of my friends are married. They have kids. So, like, I literally got to put in an application two weeks <laughs> yeah. prior to hanging out with some of them, yeah, right? Because they got to check yeah. with the wife and, oh, we got this going on and that. And, and I, man, I have really struggled with, well, I'm doing it wrong if I'm trying to plan things out multiple days in advance maybe i should wait until if i want to do something on saturday then i should wait until saturday to ask and it's like well hold on that's that's making things like black and white like yeah. that's 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 going to the extreme and i love to do that but like so I'm, i've really found a balance between like you know like the goals that i have like for the podcast especially um the goals that i have and then also just trying to live in the present and not trying to look because what I like to do is I I look like to look down. I'm on a road, right? And I want to look at, I want to check on the flowers that I've planted that haven't even sprouted yet. But I want to look up and check them out instead of just looking down to the side and noticing that there's flowers all around me. Mm. And that I need to just stop and smell those instead of worrying about what the smell of the ones that haven't even, you know, haven't even sprouted yet are smelling like. Yeah. And how do you know that um, plans fall through and you're pissed off about it or an unexpected breakup happens or whatever? How do you know in that moment if it's a good thing or a bad thing? We have that instant reaction of my plans fell through. That sucks. But maybe there was unintended consequences that X, Y, and Z happened and it would have been a really bad thing for you to hang out with your friends that day. And you never really know, um, the consequences of any event until you have perspective on it. And it gets me thinking, and I, I can't remember if you were in, um, can't remember if you were in the SAA meeting when I shared this, but I'm going to, I'm going to share it now because I I'm thinking about it. It's, um, it's like a, basically a parable it's called the story of the chinese farmer i don't know if you remember i don't are you, from, are you familiar, familiar with that no okay i gotta i gotta go back i'm on my my phone looking for the story because i want to tell it correctly um okay you mind if i if i share Dude, this please, story yeah, please do on the podcast okay it's given me so much perspective um in my life i when was the date of this picture? Let's see if I, so this was April 4th. Okay. So this, that's when I first heard this story and just a little caveat to it. I was watching a ESPN documentary. I don't know if any, any people that are listening to this are Tom Brady fans, um, quarterback formerly for the new England Patriots now for the Tampa Bay Bucks. If you haven't heard of him, you probably live under a rock, <laughs> but he had a 10 part uh, documentary series on ESPN and it was called man in the arena. 
And the last episode, he starts off by sharing this story. And you can imagine the first nine episodes showed the ups and downs of his career and all the stuff he battled through and went through. And I think he he's obviously gained so much perspective playing in the NFL for like 20 years or whatever it is. And he shared this story at the beginning of the final episode. And it was right through, you know, this was like literally not even a month after the breakup. So I'm going through some shit and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to throw this on. He shares this story. And I literally like had to pause my computer TV, whatever I was watching it on. And I probably watched it back like three or four times. Cause it was just like one of those, like almost just like God things where it's mm-hmm. like, this is speaking to me right now. And this, the story goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer whose horse ran away. That evening, all of his neighbors came around to commiserate with him. They said, we are so sorry to hear your horse has run away. This is most unfortunate. The farmer looked at them and he said, maybe. The next day, the horse came back, bringing seven wild horses with it. And in the evening, everybody came back and said, isn't this so lucky? What a great turn of events. You now have eight horses. The farmer again said, maybe. So the following day, his son tried to break one of the wild horses. And while riding it, he was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors again came around and they said, oh dear, that is too bad. And the farmer responded, maybe. The next day, the conscription officers who were out to conscript people, recruit people into the army, they came around, like it says, to conscript people into the army. And of course, they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. Again, all of the neighbors came around and they said, isn't this great? Again, he said, maybe. So the story, the the end goes on to say, the whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity. And it's really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad, because you never know what will be the consequence of the misfortune, or you never know what will be the consequence of good fortune. Wow. And so, of course, I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. And this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I hear that and I've gone back to it several times since. And it's really, really hard to do, obviously. But, you know, just trying to like take a step back in the moment and just saying, you know, maybe, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Um, I just thought that was really powerful. Yeah, that's wow, man. Wow. Yeah, that really gets you thinking. That really gets mm-hmm. you thinking because it's like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't yep. know what's going to happen the next day. And, you know, I, I'd i like to believe that – I do believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason and that there's good that comes out of every bad situation or whatever, you know – Again, I think this, you know, the breakup, I thought that was, that was a terrible situation. That was the worst thing that could have happened to me. But five days later, I was enrolling in treatment to get better. Amen. And then a month after that, I'm in treatment. And then, you know, two months after that, I've got an idea to start a podcast. Two months after that, I'm in the studio recording a podcast. 
and this, and you know, I know that I'm making it about me right now, but yeah, that's, that's powerful, man. That's really powerful. Yeah. I, I would, you know, and I was going to relate it back to this addiction and how, how crappy it is and it sucks. And we go through a lot, all each and every one of us, obviously. Um, but there's so much good that's come out of it too. Mm-hmm. My, my relationship with you is a blessing. My, the fellowship of the group, um, the, just the perspective I've gained like personally and internally, um, has been so invaluable because of me being a sex addict and because I found SAA and the group, um, yeah, it's, I just, I really do hope that if, if people are listening to this, like, and maybe you're experiencing some of the same things that like, take, take the first step, find help. There is so much help out there if you're willing to ask for it and look for it. And big panda's worth it. Big tickets worth it. You're worth it. Mm. And there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, mm-hmm. even though this sucks and it's super unfortunate and like, there's so much bad that comes with it. There's, there's also the other side of that coin and there's, there's good, there's good that can come out of it. So there really is, yeah. you know, it's just the way I treat people so much different, the way that I mm-hmm. just view life in general now and the way that I view myself too. You know, that's a, that's a huge part of it. I mean, you know, there's, I'm getting to know myself. Like I never, without SAA, without recovery, I would not have the opportunity to know myself the way that I know myself and that I'm excited to keep learning about myself. And because, you know, I I never thought that I was worth any of this. I mean, there's still some days where I don't like myself and I don't feel worthy and I don't feel good enough. However, deep down inside, I'm starting to truly believe that I am good enough and that I have a lot to offer. And because of this program, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that I have a purpose in life now. Whereas before I was just floating through life, like a plastic bag in a windstorm, not knowing where I was going, what I was doing. And now I have a direction. Uh, do I, do I know where I'm going to be at tomorrow? No, but I know where I'm at right now. And I know that when I leave here tonight, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed sober. And like, that's bottom line into the day. That's where I want to be. I want to be sober and I want to be thankful and grateful for the things that I do have, not the things I don't want to be worrying about the things that I don't have. I want to be thankful and grateful for the things that I do have. And because of this program, I'm able to look at that every single day. Now, this is all (laughs) easier said than done. 100%, you know, like, and and I laugh, but it's like, I I wish, I wish that I could verb. It's so good to verbalize that. Oh yeah. Because you're speaking the truth and on the days it's hard to remember that, like lean into this and you know that what you're saying right now is the truth. It might be the hard truth, but Mm -hmm. it's the truth. Like, I wish I could start every day with an interview 
on the podcast. Like, and you know, I, I can make phone calls and, and, and do that kind of stuff, but it's like, I don't know, man, when I leave the studio after these, like it just, it just confirms everything that I'm working for, like and working towards. And, and I need more of that in my life. Cause I'm easy. I, I forget so quickly. So quickly. Yeah. Very short memory. Oh. I can, I can relate. Um, yeah, you talked about not feeling maybe deserving or worthy of this. I didn't even know that like help really existed for me. I was just kind of, to your point, like living this meaningless life of these terrible cycles of addiction and like self-deprecation, um, self-deprecation and hurting other people like in my wake. Um, and I was like, it literally was happenstance that I found the program. And I've shared this before. It was because of a podcast that I even heard the word sex addiction or sex addicts anonymous. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I really, don't, I don't even like to think what my life would look like if I hadn't found it because I'd probably still be in that cycle. Um, yeah. but there's, yeah, there's light on the other side. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way out. And you know what, what I want to get to and, or not, maybe not what I want to get to, but you know, I was, I was having a conversation recently about, you know, I, so I, obviously you guys all know that I'm, I'm a dual addict. Like I've also got a drug addiction too. And I actually just couple weeks ago hit nine months um sober from cocaine and alcohol um and man like that feels that feels really good thank you that that feels really good but you know what what i have a what i struggle with is i will tell that to anybody i don't care if i just met you i don't care how long i've known you i will straight up tell you oh yeah i'm I'm in NA. I'm in a 12-step program for substances. Um, and that, dude, that's celebrated. That's celebrated. Yeah. How, why, what, yeah, I guess I'm and I, I'm interjecting, but what are you you mentioned it, but like, is that truly something if if let's say someone offers you something and you say, I'm in, I'm sober, I'm in recovery, how is the general reaction to that? Just like maybe an example. I've had, I've, I mean, I've had multiple different reactions. For the most part, it's pretty positive. It's, oh, wow, good for you. You know, I've had some, yeah. I've had some people, I had one guy then continue to tell me that he could get the best Coke around um, after telling him that I, you know, went to treatment for uh, substances for cocaine. And then he proceeded to tell me, and then later on another date, offer me drugs and do drugs right in front of me. Um, so, you know, you get those people. Um, I had one person that was like, Oh, I'm so, Oh, how could you, you know, like almost like, Oh, I'm so sorry that how did you, how did you know, how did you get to that point? And I was kind of like, I didn't like that response at all. Um, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, well, it, Eh. Um, yeah but yeah. you know for the most part it's oh good for you like that's that's awesome you know that's that's awesome you know i know i know you know so and so had a problem and and so and so and you know it's but it's something that i can share you know it's definitely a badge of honor but it's 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 a badge of honor for me to share that i am in recovery however i don't feel the same about my s recovery and there's still i feel like that's 
fairly looked down upon and and this is in my head I'll, and I'll just I'll, my head is I'm a sex addict and even though I'm in recovery that's a negative thing because I am a sex addict and I feel like sex addiction is viewed so tabooly um in that you know people think that if I'm a sex addict that I'm a sex offender or you know um someone like that but it's like that's not the case um and I just I feel like the S recovery is not talked about enough and it should be I want it to be celebrated I want it to be talked about because if it's celebrated then it's going to be talked about and that's going to shed light on everything and that way more people are affected by this than 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 people want to admit or people really know um but I want you know I want S recovery to be celebrated because I am in recovery. Um, I'm trying to live in recovery and I'm trying to live cleanly. And, you know, I know that because of what S recovery is, not everybody's going to want to be out and about with it. Um, However, though, I still think that it needs to be celebrated and that it's not celebrated enough. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why, that's why I absolutely love what you're doing. Um, I, I was helped through a podcast and that's why I'm just so blessed to be like a grain in the sand of the beach of what you're doing because someone helped me not knowing that they did. Um, and so if this podcast can be that for someone else, then not only are you raising awareness for it, right. But you're doing, you're doing good by helping others. And that's just a beautiful thing. So I've said it once. I'll say it again. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. And I know that this means a lot to you. I can see it on your face. We're on zoom. If you're not, obviously this is an audio podcast. So, but, uh, hear it in your voice. And it means so much to me to just, like I said, be a small part of it. It really does. You're, you're, you're more than a small part in this man. And I want to let you know that, that you're more than a small part, you know, you are, uh, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate it. You know, like I said, man, you're the first guy to come on. Like that's, you know, I, and I, and I get a lot of guys that are like, Hey, I want to come on. I want to come on. Um, but that man, that takes it, dude, it takes a certain courage and, mm-hmm. you know, bravery to come on here. And yeah, well, you're still anonymous, you know, nobody knows who you are and, but still even to come on and talk about some of this stuff, like, dude, it's, it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do, and I just I want to spread that awareness, man, because it's out there and it affects people. And there's help out there, and it's okay to get help. It's okay, you know. We don't have to live in the shadows anymore. Like living in the shadows just destroyed me. It ruined me. It ruined people around me. Like, thank God I didn't hurt more people. Like I hurt enough people. Don't get me wrong. I. I've hurt a lot of people, but I could have hurt more people. If if I didn't get help, I could have hurt more people. And that's not who I am. And that's not who we really are as human beings. You know, I truly believe that not all there's, there's bad people out there. Absolutely. But for the majority of people are not bad people. It's mm-hmm. just, we don't know how to ask for help and we don't know what's going on. And I mean, do for most of my life, I always felt something was off always felt something was off there was always a certain level of awareness there um 
And I'm just, I'm grateful and thankful for my ex for, she was the one that threw out the word sex addict. And I was Mm. like, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, and, and maybe, maybe this will be my last thought because I just want to reiterate what you just said, honestly, is I can tell you from personal experience as a sex addict that being a sex addict felt really good in the moment, right? Like it felt really good watching porn and it felt really good chasing women. And it felt really good trying to like fulfill those needs for a really small time, a really small point in time. And you can probably agree with this. I would not to put words in your mouth, but the feeling on the other side of that, of not having to look over your shoulder like seriously, just like the, like the chains that you can completely break away from of looking over your shoulder, remembering what you told someone, remembering what you told your significant other and like trying to keep track of that and feeling the shame that that brings and the guilt that that brings. I can't tell you how much better the other side of that feels of not having to run away from that stuff. It feels 10 times better than any porn video or any sexual desire that I've filled. And that's the beauty of the program, right? Is like, we can create this freedom in this life that we don't have to run away from and hide from. And that's so encouraging for me to like, remember, and it's so validating and it's just an amazing feeling. Um, of living a life of truth and speaking at face value and living at face value because then you don't have to, then you don't have to hide from anything or anyone. And so I just wanted to, to, to reiterate that with that point. Yeah. You don't got to hide. And then, you know, on the, on the other side of things, if, if you do act out, there's people that you can go to that are going to love you no matter what. And mm. it just re it just confirms that I'm not a bad person. I've done some bad things. I'm not a bad person and that people still love me. Even after yep. even after I do something that is so shameful as acting out. Yep. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Man. I feel light. Yeah. I feel I feel this light was- right now, man. This was amazing. I needed this. Um, and I hope, I hope someone gets something out of it. Cause I, I feel so much better after having this conversation personally, selfishly. Um, and so, you know, I, I said this throughout the podcast, if one person gets something out of it, that's a blessing. Um, and so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you so much. Um, and this is, this is an amazing thing. Dude, thank you, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as successful as I am if, you know, if I didn't have guys like you that were willing to come on, um, and and over and over willing to come on and willing to be vulnerable and willing to share your story because, you know, it's so good to get other people's perspectives. I mean, I can sit in here and talk all day long, um, but to get other people's perspective on things too, I mean, I mean, that's huge. I need that. 
you need that. We all need those different perspectives. And in order to get those, I need people that are willing. And your willingness has been there from day one, man. And that is that is admirable. That is inspirational. That is motivational. And I just, I, I appreciate you, man. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you. And I'm just, I'm so thankful, you know, that, that I got big ticket, man. I got big Thank ticket. You. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You're, you're, you are always welcome. You're always welcome on the podcast. Anytime you ever want to come on, man, you know that. Like, you are, you are more than welcome. You know, I've even thought about being like, yo, do you want to do like a, you know, you want to co host with me sometimes? Like, I have legit you thought that someone, sometimes. You need man. someone, you need someone to disagree with on the I, podcast. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's. <laughs> Is this one of those podcasts where I need somebody to disagree yeah. with me though? You know, yeah. like, yeah. um, yeah. you know, I've, I've, we're all, of, we're all about validation. Uh, do, and, yeah. You know, right. Exactly. Yeah, you right, know, you yeah. know, lifting each other up instead of yeah, tearing each yeah. other down. Good um, yeah. Cause that's what I need as a sex addict, man. I don't need somebody that's constantly poking hole. That's what my sponsors and, and therapists are there for. Right, you know, yeah. this can this can be a place of love and acceptance. <laughs> not that, not the that they aren't, and, not that yeah. they aren't. Um, yeah, no. But actually, it was just a little bit, kind of some of the plans we got. We're going to be doing. Um, I think we're going to try some YouTube here in the next few months, um, posting episodes on YouTube, and then um, I actually talked to my CSAT today, and he said that he was willing to come on the podcast. Awesome. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. You know, I'm still trying to get more guys on, like. I got a lot of guys that I want to get on, and so I'm, dude. I'm excited with where we're taking this. And part of me, it's it's funny. We talked about goals, and I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to keep you if you got to get going. Um, no, I'm actually, I'm really excited to hear the the conversation with your CSAT. Yeah, just that's to gonna be, that's hear gonna be huge. that perspective. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I asked him today, and I, I was really scared. Um, and I, I kind of worded it in a way of like, well, Hey, do you, do you know anybody else? You know, do you know any other CSATs? Cause, and then I was like, well, you know, I didn't, didn't know if it would be weird. Like I said, you know, if you came on, clearly it wouldn't be a session between the two of us. It's just more general information about, you know, what a CSAT can bring to someone's recovery. What's your background? Um, cause I know that my CSAT is also a sex addict. Um, mm. And I don't really know much of his story. Um, and, and no, he was like, no, you know, it, it might be weird if, you know, people know that I, I guess I'm saying it now that, you know, he's my CSAT. Um, but I was like, you know, we don't got to tell people that you're my CSAT. And again, it's not a session. It's just, you know, you coming in and again, sharing, you know, your, your strength and experience and hope with mm -hmm. other people. And that, hey, you went from being a sex addict to now you are a licensed therapist that helps other sex addicts. Like, so interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited. Um, and, you know, we talked about goals earlier and I'm, I've got a lot of goals for the podcast, but I'm terrified of them as well because I'm terrified of failure. And so I'm afraid that if I invest, Everything that I have into, because, you know, we got the website up and running and I'm doing some writings for the forums and, um, you know, trying to get other guys to write for the forums as well. I think that that would be a great opportunity for other guys. So trying to, to, to do all that and, but man, I got to tell you, like, I'm, 
absolutely terrified of investing myself all of this into this and because I haven't been. I've kind of been like one foot in, one foot out, like, uh, because I'm afraid that if this fails, that that's going to define who I am and that that failure is going to be just another big letdown in my life mm-hmm. and that people are going to be like, oh, I thought you were doing a podcast. Where's, you know, uh, what's going on with that? And then I have to be like, oh, well, that failed. We, you know, we don't do that anymore. Um, when in reality, well, t- let me, let me, let me, interrupt yeah, 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 yeah. Before please, I, yeah, please before do. I can completely forget what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. I had two, two thoughts initially is number one, your big panda, your successes, your failures in life don't define you. The person that you are defines who you are. And so just, just remember that because this podcast and platform has made a difference in my life. And so you've already made a difference and you've already succeeded in my book. Um, and then secondly, this is extremely cliche, but as you were saying, you know, my goals for this podcast are so big that they really scare me again, super cliche, but the saying goes, if your dreams aren't big enough where they scare you, your dreams are too small, Mm. something along those lines. So again, I commend you, um, for that. I don't, you know, those, those goals and, and the vision that you have for the podcast is obviously your vision and your goals for the podcast. I don't know exactly what they are, but I think it's a good thing to, man, this, this kind of freaks me out, right? Like, I don't know if I can do it. Well, that gives you something to push for and strive for. So I commend you on that. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. I thank you. I, yeah, I, I needed to hear that because again, I've, that's kind of something I've been struggling with and you know, the goals for the podcast are, are to share the story, spread the message, help other people. You're right. Those are first and foremost. If I could turn this into, you know, because we're really trying to build a brand around this, that if I could eventually get this to where I could quit my day job and, you know, work on the brand and have the brand and manage that, you know, that's, that's in there, but that's not the top goal. It's just, you know, helping people and spreading the message. That's what I want. Yep. And I'm, I'm, you know, my therapist, one of them was like, well, you're already successful. So you, you're already keep, successful. Keep in mind that, uh, the more impact that you have on others and the more that you help others, the more success mm. that will follow that. So I, I try to, in my daily life and my work, like the more I can help other people, my success will follow that. Mm. And so keep that, keep that first. And I know you do. Um, I think it's just a good reminder for me to say that out loud too, but obviously the bigger that this platform gets, the more people that you're going to help ultimately. And I think your goals will probably follow that. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for that, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you, man. What a good conversation, man. Never a dull moment, Amazing. man. Never a Amazing. dull moment. Again, man, I appreciate you. You're you're more than welcome. I I feel like there's so much that we haven't even touched on that we could just continue to talk about. So um, we'll we'll save it for another podcast. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, absolutely. There's 
you know, that's the thing with recovery, man, is I feel like it's kind of endless as far as what we could talk about and the different perspectives and and it's it's kind of exciting in a way too, because it's like, all right, like we got stuff to, that we can we got stuff that we can keep talking about, and that's that's inspiring yeah. and motivating for me. So so thank you, man, for bringing that all to light and the the lightness that I feel right now. I feel nurtured. I feel fulfilled. I just I feel I feel overall. I'm ready. To, I'm almost ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's yeah, let's let's uh, let's channel that into today. And let's go to bed sober and let's keep that same energy heading into tomorrow. Let's do it, man. Man, big ticket. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. And thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability. Absolutely. Thank you for your willingness, brother. Appreciate you, big panda. We'll no talk problem, soon. Man. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later, dude. All right. See you. Man, as always, just another solid conversation with Big Ticket. Um, I just, I, I just, I, I know I said this on there at the end with him, but I'm just, I'm very appreciative, uh, very grateful for his willingness and courage to come on and and talk. You know, this stuff, this is not easy, and um, even you know, even me sitting in here staring at a blank wall, um, it's still some of the stuff that we talk about. I mean, it's it's not easy, but these are conversations you know, that we have with each other outside of the podcast. Um, you know, I have these conversations, you know, with my sponsor, with, with other program members, you know, these are vital to our recovery and what we need. And, and if we can get together, you know, like I've always said, the opposite of addiction is connection. Um, and so I'm just, I'm very, very grateful for the connections that I have made. And that's just an, you know, another plus that has come out of, the me being in recovery and being part of the fellowship that is SAA is is all of these different connections. I'm connecting with people that I would have never crossed paths with ever, um, and I'm just so very grateful that you know, no matter where we come from, what we do, you know, we we all we all are connected some way in in one way, shape, or the other, and. I'm just I'm very grateful for his willingness to come on and and I'm I'm looking forward to getting him back. He'll definitely be back on the episode. Um you guys will have to let me know what you think. Um in in the the bio of the podcast, I have put links for um, the email address. Please feel free to reach out to me. You know, if you if you have any topics you want to you want to listen, you want to hear about on the podcast, or if you're interested in sharing your story, um, you know, please feel free to reach out. We've also got the the website up and running, um, nolionshere.com. Um, just kind of a little bit more about who I am, um, and there's going to be some. You know, it's pretty. It's, it's it's a little bare bones right now, but we're really working on um, just just creating a safe space for for other addicts. Whether you're in recovery, out of recovery, you know, you want some more information on things. There's some links in there. Um, we're gonna have some forum writings by myself and some other addicts um, that are gonna just get different perspectives from people on what they've struggled with, what's worked for them, um, and I think that that's all really important. And then also there's a link uh, to a survey. Um, you know, if, if you like what you hear and you want to give me some feedback, please feel free. Go, go, go put the survey, go, go take the survey, check it out. Um, again, that, that, that really helps me. That gives me a direction um, to go in as far as, you know, what do you guys like to hear? What do you guys not like to hear? Um, I'm very open to, to, to any and all feedback. So um, again, guys, I really hope that you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoyed being a part of this conversation 
conversation. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.